0: doodly, neighboring <laughs> hey how we feeling
1: how we feeling what's what's the word how, how we doing
0: how is everybody we've missed uh, you uh, I'm sure you I... haven't missed us one bit this is why I don't get sick <laughs> yeah uh welcome back to another episode of Boosted and confused we <sighs> we did take a little bit of a break it's a we, hiatus even. yeah the executive producer um was homesick not feeling well. And then I was homesick, not feeling well, and so far Matt is um, just, the only one just chilling.
1: I'm just masking <laughs> all the symptoms.
0: Uh, yeah, just like that one lady in the zombie movie. Um, yeah, but we're back, and we have a not very fun topic today. It's actually really depressing, so if you're looking for something that's like more on the funny side which we usually stick with, um, you can go ahead and just skip this episode and we'll see you next week. No, <laughs>
1: don't, don't, don't skip it.
0: It's just a really fucked up topic, but I felt the need to cover it uh, because it's horrifying. So uh, definitely some conspiracies in there. So before we get into it, uh, hello, I'm Carol Ann.
1: Uh, this is Matt. Hi. And uh,
0: yeah, this is our shit pod, Boost and Confused.
1: Boost and Confused
0: and filmed uh, in front of a studio audience of <laughs> the, uh, the executive producer and uh our our cats so um before we get into today's really fucked up episode um a word from our sponsor <gasps> just kidding i it's, think i did whiskey. that joke on the last it's whiskey. one
1: yeah it's
0: it's we've never had a sponsor we're the sponsors of the show we, <laughs> we, put money, yeah. we put
1: money into, <laughs> the, into this show
0: yeah we do we actually pay to have this as a hobby which don't aren't all hobbies mostly paid hobbies anyways so anyways all right before we get into it uh just a couple of notes the first uh we're on all your favorite social media platforms facebook instagram youtube twitter uh, you can just find us boost and confuse podcast uh any variation of that on any of those platforms should direct you in the right place um if not then i don't know shit out of luck That's us find <laughs> a different pod <part>. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um. The uh next piece of that is if you like the pod, just kidding. No backtrack. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email. Oh yeah, Instinct emails work. Podcast at gmail.com.
1: You know my my personal inbox is about to hit eleven thousand <laughs> unread emails. <laughs> And yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm I'm this close just deleting everything.
0: Yeah, I've done that once. Uh, and then I accidentally deleted a gift card that Target customer support sent me. So I will oh. never do that again. Yeah. That was my own mistake.
1: Yeah. I keep going back to like my oldest emails.
0: Well, sometimes I'm like, you know, even for my Google storage, I'm like... Do I really need any of these files from college, which I've been it. out of for almost 10 years? Yeah. Uh, just I still see show my, my college age. emails yeah. to
1: myself where I would like email from one computer to another yeah. one. I just email myself.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I'm like this. Uh, anyway, so if you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way you could do, you could do that uh, is by leaving us a review and or subscribing, following wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it does actually help. I, I swear. I see the numbers. Uh, I know it does make a difference, and we also really appreciate it. Um, If you do any of that shit, you take a screenshot, you send it to us. Uh, We'll send you some Booze and Confuse stickers in the mail. Uh, There's going to be so many that you're going to need, I don't know, a dumpster, because that's how many we're going to send you. You could
1: cover your dumpster in (laughs) the stickers.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, And then the last piece.
1: What are you drinking? What am I drinking? What are you drinking?
0: Um, This is the first booze i've had in a hot minute um so i'm drinking voodoo ranger to see hayes ipa and actually uh, we were just recently at costco Oof, and the beer sad, selection is sad, dire sad. so
1: i mean i would have picked up a couple of the things that we had options for
0: like miller light no like
1: the sapato or or yeah. um yeah like like a stella artois i, I like those beers yeah no not I, I've, I've got stella glasses up there
0: not for me it's
1: um i'm drinking a, a bourbon I'm drinking Maker's Mark. It's it's kind of like my go-to whiskey. Got a little splash of water in there. I don't know. They say to splash water in there. Um, Yeah. Two fingers. Yeah,
0: excellent. Uh, That's a heavy-looking two fingers, but
1: well, what what you don't see is is that the the bottom of the glass is Mm -hmm. actually starting like up here. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's fine. It is a school night. Yeah. It is a work night. Yeah. so So we're staying well hydrated over here. Um, All right. So today's episode, uh, you may have heard some of this in headlines already. There's been a few reports that have come and gone. Some podcasts have covered this. I think I listened uh, most recently to an episode of The Daily that covered this uh, in pretty extensive detail, which would make sense. Uh, Today's episode is uh, heavily pushed up by New York Times. So they were, I think, really the first ones to have this extensive story. So we're taking snippets of that uh, and talking about that today. If you want to read the full story, it's disturbing and very sad, uh, but that is in the show notes on a primary resource for today's episode. So Uh, all right, we can just get into it now that all the warnings are over. Um, So if you've also heard recent headlines, uh, you know, uh arkansas just recently rolled back child labor laws and not a single kid in the room was happy about it
1: yeah i i, I want to say i saw a picture on what whatever instagram uh-huh. of like a 12 13 year old yeah. working on a factory floor yeah um not looking enthused to be there
0: yeah um So Arkansas rolled back their child labor laws to, like, lessen the burden on kids who are trying to work. Um, And what's interesting is, like, okay, that story is getting a lot of criticism because I think we've discovered that really kids should not have to focus on working at all. Um, But there's a more sinister story that has been hiding kind of in the shadows. And it's not like fifteen year olds trying to get a work permit to work at their like local dairy queen, you know, over the summer or some shit.
1: It's got its perks. You get all that ice cream, you get all that soft serve. <laughs>
0: How much free ice cream do you think they actually get? I'd like well, to
1: know. you just you just gotta you gotta siphon it off. You gotta Oh, you gotta, so
0: you're stealing from your employer.
1: Oh, you're that person?
0: <laughs> no. You're that person. No. If I worked at Culver's... I wouldn't work at Culver's very long.
1: I briefly worked in the food industry. Do you know how many hot dogs I ate?
0: <laughs> I like to imagine that just you would just like duck to the floor and just like. Oh,
1: I would down I would, in one. In one hand, I'd be making a hot dog, and in the other, I'd be eating another. You'd be, be pocketing
0: be hot dogs. You'd walk out with ten hot dogs. I made in deep, each fried,
1: <laughs> deep fried, deep um, fried uh, tootsie rolls.
0: Ew! That's yeah. disgusting. That is actually vile. That's what happens
1: that's vile. when you let a sixteen-year-old? run a hot dog stand
0: yeah no that's that's vile that's no thank you um so this new york times report that i was just mentioning uncovered that there are hundreds of migrant kids in the u.s who are working long hours and they're in like really dangerous jobs it's not like they're working at dairy queens um and it's also not like they're working for like no-name companies like mom and pop shops they're working at suppliers for some of the largest companies in the country like hyundai and general mills um and the country itself hasn't seen such widespread numbers of children working in like meat packing and auto manufacturing and like food production since like the fucking nineteen thirties, which I'll, is insane. I
1: was actually gonna I was gonna label this episode like like the new gilded age.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Which <laughs> there's some really great cartoons, not cartoon, but like like political cartoons where it's yeah. it's the it's it's the average Joe being squeezed by the rich The man. man. The man. The man. It's
0: always the man. Um, and so you're probably listening to this going, how are kids as young as like 12 and 13 working in these dangerous factory or construction jobs? Like who who is hiring 12 or 13-year-olds? And I know that kids these days look older than they actually are. Maybe it's all the, it's all the hormones it's, and the it's all milk the and the tick-tocks. And... Um, but no, it's actually just really scummy companies that are just blatantly hiring underage, uh, child labor, which is disgusting.
1: I would say that there's a kid at the school that I work at who looks 38 years old.
0: (laughs) He's got a wife and two kids at home and he's just trying to, to put money and food on the table for everybody. That
1: boy could shave his face at 8am and he'd have a, a beard by noon. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. The the envy I feel is is palpable. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not working on a factory floor at no. three in the morning.
0: No, absolutely not. So these large companies like General Mills or Hyundai, a lot of times they use subcontractors. And these subcontractors then use staffing agencies to make their hires. And so it seems like everything's being outsourced and that just makes it easier for companies to like pass the buck, right? It's like, oh, it's not our responsibility. It's their responsibility because they're the ones doing the hiring.
1: Yeah, we're not hiring them. They are.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that means that like General Mills and Hyundai maybe don't even realize the extent of like the labor violations, like employing children throughout their production process and like What's kind of fucked up is sometimes these staffing agencies are very purposely seeking out children. Um I obviously to be exploitative. It's not like these kids are making really strong wages. Um they these are usually like really low-paying jobs. Like
1: vulnerable vulnerable kids.
0: Yeah. So what's kind of interesting is you would Imagine that with as big of a government as we have, uh there would be some sort of government agency that would like, I don't know, check for violations.
1: Well, hold on, we don't like big government though. We yeah. like small <laughs> small government.
0: Yeah, you would think so. There is a professor named David Wheel, Weil. um W E I L. Uh he's worked as a senior official in the US Labor Department and we've got like a good little snippet quote um, from him. So he said, quote, our main federal agencies like the wage and hour division that I used to had uh, have not been adequately resourced for years. So, you know, I've done a, a calculation of how many investigators relative to the workplaces that they're responsible for. We have now compared to 1938 when this agency was started and the agency in 1938 had 64 times the relative number of inspectors to workplaces, and we've under-resourced our agencies. We've under-resourced the solicitor's office uh, that does the legal support to bring cases like this. And if you overlay that with this kind of complexity we have in the workplace now, where you have all these layers of people between the workers and the lead companies, it makes that task all the more difficult. Um, So that would explain part of it.
1: Right, let's let's just minimize the people who try and keep this under control and and just carry on doing business. That's
0: Yeah, big that's... government but severely underfunded.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um so the federal government hires child welfare agencies to track minors who are deemed to be at high risk. So the caseworkers at those agencies says that the HHS Regularly ignored obvious signs of labor exploitation, um, which the HHS was like, that's not true. No, we don't do that. Uh, And I'm sure that they do. I'm sure that they do. Do I work there? No. Uh, Do I heavily believe that they uh, definitely partake in that? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. So in interviews with more than like 60 caseworkers, most independently estimated that about two thirds of all unaccompanied migrant children ended up working full time, full fucking time. They're not even working part time jobs so they can go to school and then work. They're working full time fucking jobs, which I don't even want to do. And I am a woman in my 30s.
1: Yeah, we're adults and and, we want to go live in the woods. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: But with with that with that image of like what like the American dream, mm-hmm. you know, you coming mm-hmm. you come here to, like restart and and mm-hmm. get that equal neutral chance that that fresh start to begin, and and build wealth for your family, and and you just get tossed in, underaged to just labor in a factory floor.
0: Yeah, 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 and that's like. You can't even be a fucking kid. You're robbed of your childhood. You're robbed of the actual American dream, which is, uh, you know, going to public school and hoping you don't get involved in the next next mass shooting. But oh, you get some you, kind oh, of education. You, you made that
1: really dark. This is well, this is gone. Yeah, this has gone dark yeah. to even darker. My right?
0: my views on America these days are not the best. Um, but what's kind of crazy is like you would imagine that these kids would have some sort of support structure that would say like maybe you shouldn't be working in dangerous jobs like this. You know, it's not like they're just cashiers at, like, you know, a retail store. These are really fucking dangerous jobs. So how are family members, like, even supporting them or allowing them to do this? Like, who is taking care of these kids to begin with? So in the last decade, migrant kids have been coming to the U.S. without parents in just absolutely record numbers. So I want to say that... um. The, like, not to make this super duper political, but I think over the last couple of years, um, mainly within like the last couple of years of uh, Trump's presidency, there's a lot about like, oh, keeping kids in cages. This is like kind of loosely related to that.
1: Has has he been arrested yet? By the way.
0: No, 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 has, not yet. He's not in jail. Not yet. Um, but if you remember the whole thing of like the migrant caravan coming to the border, like there's a there's been a lot of um, different border issues. Uh, and this is very much an issue, but this is kind of an issue created in a completely different way. So, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. This is not like, I don't know, probably some of the shit that you've been hearing, uh, over the last couple of years. Cause this one has been like largely under wraps, which is really fucked up. Um, so In 2021, the number of migrant kids coming to the U.S. without their own parents, uh, like, just fucking skyrocketed to, like, 130,000 kids. That is actually a crisis Um, and not this, like, bullshit that Fox News likes to make up just to, like, rile up the base. Um, So this is, like, three times what it was years before that and a lot of these kids are coming from central america and they come to the u.s like completely out of economic desperation that's the the main driver for a lot of these kids um that they come to the u.s to be able to support their families uh and have a better life in america
1: yeah like this has become like the exact opposite um of, of things that i was reading maybe back in like 2013 2014 where um there's a story that i have my students read um, about a boy whose mother goes to America to mm-hmm. work and basically live in America for years and just try and save money in the States, but also send money back home. Yeah. Uh, he was from Ecuador. Yep. And, and the whole story is him just train hopping, yep. trying to get to America to get with his... But this is like the opposite, where it's the mm-hmm. kids doing this now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... um. I, I a part of it is because, obviously, right, these are kids, so what are you going to do? Send them back on the journey that they just made all the way to come to the U.S.? Like, it would, by and large, be safer, for the most part, for them to just stay here and be released to family, for example. Uh, but in a lot of cases, that doesn't really happen. I'm not going to jump too far ahead, but... Um, so, this New York Times report that we are um, getting a lot of this information from, they interviewed 100 migrant kids who are working jobs, full time or, you know, without attending school or full time after classes. And these kids would go to school for eight hours and they go rushed like an eight or 12 hour day of work. Like, I do an eight hour day of work. I, we obviously have executive producer duties. And then I just want to like m- melt into the couch and, Try to get like seven hours of sleep at night. That's
1: that's kind of been the vibe these last couple of weeks.
0: And like, I just can't imagine being a little kid trying to, like, literally 12 years old, trying to work a full time job that's super dangerous and then have the sort of energy to also do well in school and then also get, you know, some kind of semblance of sleep.
1: I mean, that would, that would, if you had eight hours of school and then a 12 hour workday, I mean, you at best can get four hours yeah. but that's impossible because you're not sleeping on the factory floor unless you are factory actually sleeping like in a car or something yeah for exactly. a handful of hours that's 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 no life to live
0: yeah and so all throughout the u.s middle and high school teachers in like english language learner programs say that they pretty often have classrooms just completely full of students who then rush off to long shifts after their classes end, which is really sad. Like you have entire cohorts of kids in a class together who like migrant kids in a class together who then go rush off to go work immediately after class, which is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked a little bit about like general mills and Hyundai. Uh, They're definitely not the only ones involved in this Um, in LA, for example, there are kids who stitch, like, Made in America tags into J. Crew shirts. Um, you know, there are kids who make dinner rolls that are sold at Walmart and Target. There are kids who process milk that's used in Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Um, there are kids who help debone chicken sold at Whole Foods. Uh, you know, as recently as, like, the fall of last year middle schoolers made fruit of the loom socks in Alabama and kids in Michigan are making auto parts used by Ford and General Motors. So definitely not just definitely not just General Mills and Hyundai. It's like a pretty extensive problem across various industries. Um, yeah, it's really fucked up, but it just it hurts to to read kids feel that they, I don't know. Don't don't have other options. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. And in, in some cases, they really don't have any other options. But so when these kids show up at the border, um, it's the job of the government, <laughs> our big old government, um, and the Department of Health and Human Services, that CHHS, uh, to monitor these kids and ensure that their sponsors will actually support them and protect them from, uh, you know, being fucking trafficked. And in a lot of cases. Um, These sponsors are the ones doing the trafficking. So there's so many cases where sponsors had sponsored multiple kids and it just was not getting caught. There is a lot of kids who come here and they're immediately indebted to these sponsors. There's so many reports of trafficking. There's like a hotline that kids can call and there's so many troubling records and reports of kids calling this hotline and no one ever actually follows up with them. These kids are calling the fucking hotline and saying, hey, I'm being exploited. I'm working 12 hours a day. I don't get to keep anything from my paycheck. And also, I'm 12 and nothing happens. Nobody follows up with them. Like these kids expect that, you know, once they're able to actually get to the phone and call the hotline, they're expecting like the police to show up and rescue them. And, and like nothing. Yeah,
1: Nothing happens. Yeah,
0: Nothing happens. So one case of this happening is a kid named... Juanito Ferrer, he calls for help after he's brought to uh, Manassas, what is that, Virginia, Um, at 15 by an acquaintance who forced him to paint houses during the day and then guard an apartment complex at night. His sponsor took his paychecks, watched him on security cameras, and he had to sleep on the basement floor.
1: That's just servitude. That's just indentured servitude.
0: Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? So Juanito said that he called the hotline in 2019 and the person on the other end took a report and Juanito says, I thought they'd send police or someone to check, but they never did. I thought they would come and inspect the house at least. And he eventually escaped on his own. So like he could still be there in that situation had it not been for his own efforts to, you know, save himself. So uh, concerns started piling up in like the summer of 2021 at the Office of Refugee Resettlement, which is like a division of the HHS. um, And the Office of Refugee Resettlement is responsible for unaccompanied migrant children. So in July of 2021, there's a memo. 11 managers said that they were worried that labor trafficking was increasing and complained to their bosses uh, that the office had become quote one that rewards individuals for making quick releases and not one that rewards individuals for preventing unsafe releases
1: so you just want you just want both just just get all the kids out there yeah just yeah get these people out it, here yeah it literally get became a
0: situation where um and this guy is a fucking piece of shit um it came a situation where it was almost compared to like we need to have the efficiency of uh like a henry ford og plant essentially and just like like you know churn in kids out
1: i mean ford was a pretty bad dude
0: well i mean yeah all, th- all things aside that's the kind of efficiency that they wanted and like
1: well yeah but like to hell with the people T- to hell with the human side of it
0: Well, yeah, I mean, always. We're going to turn out those parts, though. Yeah, it's always about profit. So staff members said in interviews that um, Becerra, who is like one of the heads that they complained about, uh, continued to push for just faster results and would ask them why they wouldn't discharge children with machine-like efficiency. So that's that like Henry Ford sort of, you know, uh, efficiency that he was looking for. And so, like you can imagine... The number of kids coming to the US explodes. Um, it's just completely stressing the existing system. Caseworkers have said that they're being rushed through the vetting um, process for sponsors for these kids because there's just higher demands on staffers to move the kids out of shelters and into the care of adults. Um, and so when we say that, like, monitoring kids is the responsibility of HHS, like, at a minimum, at a minimum, they're calling all minors a month after they begin living with their sponsors. Okay, just the just just one phone call. Over the last two years, HHS couldn't reach more than eighty five thousand kids, so they lost like immediate contact immediate. with a third of those those kids.
1: One yeah. phone call might yeah. even get answered. Yeah. I, oh, call. That's it.
0: I mean, and like, oh, how heartbreaking is that? Like, I just. Like, how fucking scary, too? You know what I mean? Like, how many of these kids are going into unsafe situations where, like, yeah, obviously you're not going to be able to fucking reach them over a phone call? Like, I just... Uh, this whole thing makes me so mad.
1: But come on. Think about the economy. <laughs>
0: yeah, the economy. Think about the economy. We, we've had
1: a really hard time making uh, making record profits. Inflation
0: is hurting up profits.
1: Can you guys please buy our stuff? We're really sorry. We're really sorry. Oh. And also,
0: we have to employ children illegally because no one wants these jobs because they're so bad paying.
1: Because because the government gave you money yeah. <laughs> and now no one wants to work. So now And we they're gonna
0: increase our taxes.
1: So now we need to make little kids with their little small hands work on stuff.
0: And I need another boat. I need another boat.
1: Need a new jet. <laughs>
0: Uh, fuck, fuck these companies. Um, all right. So let's come back to the economic desperation piece. A lot of these kids are sending cash back to their families, and they're under like really intense pressure to earn money, um, right? That's why a lot of these families f- would risk their kids making the journey up to the United States in the first place, because those kids, one, have a much higher chance of making it to the border, making it over the border, getting into a place, and then getting placed into an actual job, Um, I think I had a second point there that's just gone from my mind unless I wrapped it into the last one. Um, But here's the problem. A lot of these fucking kids are in debt to their sponsors and sometimes they don't even know it until they get here. So that debt could look like paying back for smuggling fees or rent or living expenses. And again, reminder, these are kids not even 18. Like there should not be... 13 15 you know 16 year old kids paying fucking rent to somebody who's probably trafficking them to begin with yeah
1: the predators
0: so like yeah I'm just of the very strong opinion kids who are under 18 shouldn't be paying adults for like any fucking living expenses whether that's rent or you know like I, I just uh yeah so part of the problem is these sponsors are doing this and they're making a fucking business out of it. Uh, they've literally just, this is like their, their income stream, which is fucking disgusting. It's like,
1: this is some dystopian shit right here.
0: Yeah, it really is. So in Pennsylvania, there's a caseworker who told the New York times, he like went to go check on a kid that was released to a man who had applied to sponsor 20 other minors. What the fuck?
1: I don't know how you get that many kids.
0: So this kid. Vanished. This kid fucking vanished that he tried to check on in Texas. There's another caseworker who said she encountered a man who'd been targeting poor families in Guatemala, obviously, because they're fucking desperate for any kind of help that they can get. Um, so he promises them that they'll get rich if they send their kid across the border. And he fucking sponsored 13 kids. Like, we are just very willingly... Allowing these fucking traffickers to live amongst us as normal in society. That's disgusting. Like, what the fuck? So sponsors are legally required to send kids to school. um, And obviously these kids try to juggle classes and, like, really heavy workloads. um, And then some kids arrive to find that their sponsors actually just completely fucking lied to them. They won't be enrolled in school at all. and. I mean, really, if you're a kid who's not related at all to your sponsor or your sponsor is a distant relative that's just a giant piece of shit, like, what do you, like, what options do you have? It's it's literally just, like, modern slavery and, like, hostage. It's, it's, like,
1: it's indentured servitude. Yeah, it's where you, there's, there's that, that word. Where you just get stuck, indebted and stuck, and they just take advantage of it until you run dry. That's, that's it. It's that's all up. it is. Until
0: your fucking arms get ripped off in a conveyor belt, and then you're not useful anymore because you can't work, um, which has happened. There are kids. We'll, we'll get into it later. Um, so one story that is um, really fucking sad, there is a kid named Neri uh, Kutsal who's 13 when he meets a sponsor over Facebook Messenger. So he comes to Florida. He discovers that he owes more than 4000 Thousand dollars and has to find his own place to live. He's thirteen. um His sponsor sent him threatening text messages. Kept a list of running debts. Right, so like, you owe me one hundred and forty dollars for filling out HHS paperwork. You owe me two hundred and forty dollars for clothes from Walmart. And also, if you're spending two hundred and forty dollars of fucking clothes from Walmart, that's enough to like clothe an entire family. Okay, that's a lot. yeah, that's, that's
1: a lot of clothes from Walmart. That's, yeah.
0: S- what the fuck? So, anyways, forty five dollars for a taco dinner. Like, oh. yeah, I just okay. So, so Neri starts working until like three a.m. most nights at a Me- Mexican restaurant, um, near you know Palm Beach to make these payments, and then he said, quote. He said I would be able to go to school and he'd take care of me, but obviously it was all lies. Um, So Neary eventually contacts law enforcement. His sponsor is found guilty of smuggling a kid into the United States for financial gain. And like that's rare to have somebody arrested and actually convicted um, in this kind of situation.
1: I mean, like every piece of trash needs to be thrown into jail for this.
0: Yeah, like, I don't... Every single one. Here's, here's like, I understand the agencies are understaffed, but, like, holy shit, it can't be fucking hard to find, like, some little pieces connecting all these pieces of shit together. Like, I just... Uh, you know, like, I think a lot about um, Law & Order SVU and how a lot of, like, the sick perverts who are people downloading, like, child porn or people who are, you know, like, I don't know, whatever... There's always some kind of fucking network tying these people together, you know? And, like, th- that's what, like, all the stings are. Sting operations. Yeah, you
1: gotta, gotta get into You deep. take
0: one down, you can, like, take down 50 more. You're telling me there's, there's no network that's connecting these fucking people together and everyone is just an entrepreneur starting their own business of, like, fucking child smuggling? That's what I don't understand. Someone put me on the fucking case. I'm about to write to HHS and just volunteer my... My You're going to call Dick Wolf up. Going, I'm going to call, call Dick an Wolf and we're going to get to the bottom of this shit. You. Oh, God. So anyways, um, so that outcome of Neary Sponsor being convicted is rare because in the last decade, federal prosecutors have brought only like 30 fucking cases involving forced labor of unaccompanied minors, um, you know, according to this review of like court databases. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Great track record. Um, we have a couple other stories. So if you listen to any of the podcasts, um, that talk about this, or if you, uh, read the New York times story and. more detail. You'll hear a lot about um, a girl named Carolina. She's like the focus of a lot of these stories. So she comes to the United States on her own um, last year to like live with a relative that she'd never actually met. So this is a case of like, she does technically have a relative that lives here, very distant, does not know her. Um, And so, you know, she like is forced to work because there's no other fucking option. So um, she starts working in this like factory setting where um she's like stuffing sealed plastic bags of cereal into a passing yellow curtain. um there's like fast moving pulleys and gears and like people have had their fucking fingers torn off and like in one situation in this factory a woman's scalp was ripped off so like yeah perfect let's let's bring a fucking child into that workplace And so that that factory in particular that carolina was working at was full of underage workers like carolina um they all came to the southern border by themselves and now they all work super late hours in like really hazardous machinery uh obviously in violation of like child labor laws um and so she carolina's from guatemala she had like no idea really what she was heading towards. She just said like she couldn't stay in her village because there wasn't really electricity or water and then the pandemic really worsened their their food insecurity and food crisis there. And so what she understood is the only people in Guatemala who were getting by were people who had uh, relatives living in the United States that would send money back.
1: Yeah, that connection.
0: Yeah, exactly. So she lived alone with her grandmother in Guatemala and her grandmother started getting sick. And so her neighbors started talking about just going North. And so Carolina uh, was like, Carolina was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll go. You know, she's like 14. So she said like, I just kept walking. Like, that's a really fucking long journey, too. That is such a long journey. So she reaches the U.S. border. She's absolutely exhausted. She weighs 84 pounds. Um, she gets sent to an HHS shelter in Arizona, and there's a caseworker who contacts her aunt, uh, Marcelina Ramirez. And Ramirez is like, No. No, no. Like, I already sponsored two other relatives. I have three kids of my own. We live on, like, $600 a week. I don't know Carolina. I can't support another kid. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's just, okay.
0: So then Carolina arrives in Grand Rapids in 2022. Um, You know, she's told that she'll go to school every morning. Uh, It's suggested, like, she'll pick up evening shifts at Hearthside, which is one of those factories uh, that is just very lovingly uh, exploiting child labor. So, uh, you know, Carolina, was, it was known and expected that she would send money back to her grandmother. Um, and child labor in Guatemala is like the norm, in rural Guatemala, at okay. least. Okay. Um, there's three people who, until like last year, worked at... Uh, Forge Industrial Staffing, which is like one of the biggest employment agencies in Grand Rapids, um, they said that Hearthside supervisors were sometimes even made aware that they were getting young-looking workers whose identities had been flagged as false. And they're probably like, don't care.
1: Uh." We got them, yeah.
0: So Kevin Tomas said he sought work through Forge after he arrived in Grand Rapids at age 13 with his seven-year-old brother. So at first, he sent to a local manufacturer that made auto parts for Ford and General Motors. Um, and his shift would end at like 6.30 in the morning. So obviously, he had a hard time staying awake in school. Right,
1: because you go 6.30, yeah. you've got maybe maybe an hour and a half before e- your school day starts. Yeah,
0: I, like not even. So he like struggled to lift heavy boxes. And so Kevin said, like, it's not like we want to work these jobs. We have to just help our families. That's the expectation. So by the time he's 15, Kevin finds a job at Hearthside and he's stacking 50 pound cases of cereal on the same shift as Carolina. So let's just say like one of the reasons we even have child labor laws in the United States. um, I just think about like how easy it is for kids to get hurt, how frail and fragile their little bodies can be. Um, and also like they don't have the same like, I don't know, like mental te- wiring the, that we do.
1: The technical abilities, the the, the like the little things yeah. you pick up, like the skills yeah. you're.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, the wiring of the brain, it's all, it, it's all different.
0: Yeah. Like, so w- like all of that being said, like it obviously puts these kids at significantly higher risk of getting hurt than like their adult counterparts in the same fucking job. like, I Look, fuck, even when I was, like, 25, I didn't want to lift 50-pound boxes at work all day, you know? Like, that shit really wears you down fast. Um, and so there are federal laws that bar kids from, like, a very long list of dangerous jobs, including, like, roofing and meat processing and commercial banking, Um Baking, not banking. Oh yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> banking. I, that
1: that seems they're
0: not your tellers at a, your local a bank. I'm saying baking. baking. Sorry. Yeah. So, except on farms, um, children younger than 16 are not supposed to work for more than three hours or after 7 p.m. on workdays. I'm sure absolutely none of the supervisors that are purposely seeking out uh, child labor uh, give a fuck about that. Not a single one. So um, this part is uh, going to be a little bit gruesome. So it's talking about some of the injuries and deaths that migrant children have faced. I'm getting like unsure faces from Matt. So if you really don't want to hear any of this, uh, thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, See you next week. All right. Now that you've had your content warning um, for disturbing content, I'll give you like two more seconds. All right. We're going to get into it. So. Um, getting back to why minors and uh, you know kids in general just shouldn't be working any of these fucking dangerous jobs, unaccompanied minors have had their legs torn off in factories. They've had their spine shattered on construction sites, and a lot of these injuries go uncounted. So it was revealed that the labor department tracks the deaths of foreign-born child workers, but they don't actually make it public anymore. Um, so the last time that was really published was like 2017, um, <clears throat> which is not uh, not the greatest. Um, but the Times found that in the last time that this was reported, uh, there were a dozen cases of young migrant workers killed since since 2017. Um, the last piece is that the deaths include a 14 year old food delivery worker who was hit by a car. He was on his bike in a Brooklyn intersection. There's a 16 year old who's crushed under a 35 ton tractor scraper outside of Atlanta. There's a 15 year old who fell 50 feet from a roof in Alabama when he was laying down, uh, shingles. And I mean, these are just a couple of examples and that's not even to mention the kids who are like fucking maimed, um, still living, but maimed uh, through all of the shifts that they've worked. So, yeah, the Labor Department is supposed to fucking do their job, and they fine and punish child labor violations, but obviously everybody's like, we're all understaffed. No one wants to work anymore. Right. Uh, In reality, I'm sure they just don't get enough funding, but.
1: but... Then on the flip side of things, you're getting these politicians who are trying to like weaken the child labor protections so that i don't understand that so that this can happen more frequently
0: anything in the name of capitalism baby yeah so the labor department like does respond to tips on migrant children but they focus on outside contractors and like the staffing agencies that you know like the forge um that employ them and not the corporations where they perform the work so it's like Look, like, staffing agencies are a fucking dime a dozen. When you really start making it count is when you start going after the corporations themselves. That's all I'm saying. Hey, but
1: they're all buddied up.
0: Yeah, they're all fucking buddied they're up. They're in, in bed with the politicians.
1: They're in bed together.
0: Oh, God. So, yeah, that's today's episode. This is, again, the, we're like... I don't know. This is a 40 minute episode uh, and this is literally just a, a snippet of the New York Times article. If this is uh, enough for you to want to read it, feel free. It's in the show notes. There's also an NPR link. Um, you could also find, I think, like a daily episode that talks about this. It's um, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's disappointing. So. Well, that's 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 it for today. This I got nothing a, this else. This is
1: a really fun one.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll try to make it more fun next week, but all right, well, all right, bye. God God bless America. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, goodbye. Goodbye.